supper win tonight was wonderful, and on behalf of all the ladies, we appreciate it, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. That was very special. So now we're going to do tradition of honoring the oldest, the youngest mother, the one with the most kids present, and then you want to use the microphone? <laughs> So first off, we'll do the oldest mother that's present today. So anybody over 90? <laughs> we'll start way up there. Anybody over 85? Anybody over 80? 80, Judy? All right. 80. Anybody else 80 besides Judy? All right, Judy, <laughs> you win. <laughs> and you get a fern, and, and we'll just leave it. There's some more back there. So when you get ready to leave, you can pick up your fern, okay? But this is fern for each. Are y'all sure nobody's here? <laughs> hey, that's an honor, Judy. <laughs> All right, now to the youngest mother that's present. All right, anybody under 20? Anybody, huh? Anybody under 25? Anybody under 30? All right, so anybody else besides Kelly? Okay, all right, so you win and you get a fern. So when you get ready to leave, there's some back there, and you can pick up one when you leave, okay? <laughs> All right, now the one that has the most number of kids present with you today, okay? So anybody with four more? All right, <laughs> anybody else got Ashley beat on four more? <laughs> All right, Ashley, you get a fern. <laughs> you can go on, right? <laughs> Okay, now the the mother that has the youngest baby here today. Okay, so you get two ferns, Kelly. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> all right, so now what I want to do is I want all the mothers to stand up. And I'd like to get some of the youth, just three or four of y'all to help me pass out some stuff. I have a, a small gift. I don't have any daisies this year because I couldn't get them. Got carnations and I got a thing, a hand soap. Look at your hand soap good because I had a little accident this morning. And if it's cracked, I have plenty of extra. So just check it and make sure. <laughs> thank you, Tempe and Choir. And thank you to all the mamas for being mamas. From the oldest all the way to the youngest. Now we're going to have our children's message, right? Okay, who can tell me what today is? Dallas. Are you sure? You know that for a fact? You're right. So, our scripture today is from Proverbs, and it's, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Okay? So as you all know, today is Mother's Day. And today, people honor their mothers and tell her how wonderful and special she is. Have y'all done that already this morning? 
Have you forgot? It's okay, you still have time. The day's not over. I have something that I want to share about my mom. And I want to see if you might have some of the same things about your mom, okay? So see if you have any similarities. So, breakfast. Breakfast was a very, very important. That was precious. I don't even want to interrupt her. <laughs> hey, Zoe, does your mommy fix you breakfast in the morning? She does. What does she make you for breakfast? Eggs. My mama, too. My mama made me eggs. And you know why? Biscuits. I'm going to y'all's house in the morning. So let me tell you. Let me tell you. My mom always wanted us to eat eggs in the morning because she said we had to get our source of protein. Okay? She didn't let me have the really good, yummy, you know, donuts that I wanted. She didn't let me have, like, all that sugary uh, um, cereal, unless my dad went grocery shopping, and then I got to have sugary cereal. I love when dad shopped. <laughs> so, but she did. She wanted us to make sure that we had a proper breakfast. Do you know why she did that? She wanted to make sure that when I got to school, I was awake, and I was ready to hear what the teacher was going to teach. You know what else she did? Books. She always, always wanted me to read. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter as long as I was reading. So, do you know why she did that? Because she wanted, to, she wanted me to finally get to know the good book. She wanted me to read the Bible. Because my mother loved me and wanted me to be closer to God. Do you know another thing that she always did? Clocks. She makes me think of a clock. You know why? Let me tell you. She always insisted on knowing where I was all the time. Your mamas don't do that, does she? Yes. Always want to know where we are. But you know why she does it? Why? That is exactly right. Y'all are so much smarter than I was when I was little. And you know one last thing that she did? She makes me think of dishwashing detergent. Do y'all know what Dawn is? Well, let me tell you, Dawn was like my favorite sister. Not. You know why? She made me and my sister use Dawn every night. Y'all know what I was doing and what we were doing. She made us wash dishes every day. Every day. You know why? She said nobody likes a dirty house. So you know what that meant? It wasn't just dishes I was cleaning. I was having to know how to do all kinds of chores. I was having to make my laundry. I was having to put it up. I was having to do all kinds of stuff. Y'all don't do that at home, do you? No. Well, y'all got it made because let me tell you, I had chores at home. So, but you know why they do all these things? You know why us moms ask so much of you? Because we love y'all. And we want to protect you. And we want you to be better than what we are. Okay? Does that sound familiar? 
Maybe a little bit. Is your mom a little like mine? Yes. Well, that means you have a good mama. That's what that means. So I want y'all to think about that this week. When your mother or grandma or aunt or whoever that special lady is in your life asks you to do something, it's not because they don't like you. It's because they want you to be better and because they love you. So don't, don't roll your eyes if you have to wash something. And don't roll your eyes when you have to pick up that toy that you just threw all over mommy's floor. Okay? Just do it because you love her, right? Don't you love her? I know you do. Alright, so will y'all put your hands together? And bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for our mothers. Please help us remind us that when they ask us to do something, they're doing it because they love us and because they like, they care. Please help us to remember that when we think our mother is being mean to us, she is just showing us how much she loves us and cares for us. In your precious name we pray, amen. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, we're going to be in verse 16 again. And I just want to say, you know, the men were supposed to cook dessert for Wednesday night. And I just want you to know, we're, we're trying to plan all this and get this together. And I realized how much I need a woman in my life, right? And Ashley told me I, I was going to try to buy dessert or do something like that. Or she's like, no, 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 I'll make my brownies. And I said, well, you want me to, how about I try to do it? She's like, no, 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 I'll make my brownies, right? But I just, trying to plan the whole thing and realizing what the women do, uh, it just really caught me. And so I want to say thank you for what you do. And then this morning, honoring the mothers, you know who was up here honoring the mothers? The women of the church were putting that together, right? Darlene and Tempe. So, you know, things that you guys do that take a load off of others in the church are really, really appreciated. And women, you are very, very, very much needed. And I've had my eyes opened up to some things this week. Um, kind of in a in a in a deeper way than I have in the past as I was trying to prepare for this morning. And so if you'll just bear with me, I'm going to try to tie a few concepts together and we'll see if it'll work out by the end. But before we do that, I would like for us to pray. Dear God, I thank you for the ministry of people who contribute to what goes on in this body and what goes on in this community and what goes on in our homes. I thank you for the gifting that you've given women that just enhances and just goes beyond the ability of us men in a lot of ways. 
and how you've gifted us with them. And I want to thank you for mothers. Mothers who actually set aside their preferences, their wants, their privileges, and they know how to love and care and sacrifice for all of us. For those that were willing to give of everything they had out of their love and care of us. Lord, thank you for that. And Lord, as we stop and spend a few minutes trying to hear from you, would you please move in a way that you want to move, showing us truths you want us to see and reminding us just how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're in Colossians chapter one, I want to remind you that we've been talking about Jesus being the creator, the actual hands of God, so to speak, as God himself creating everything that is in existence, whether it's something we can see or something we can't see. As we read in Colossians 1.16, it says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Now, Last week we mentioned the fact that there were some visible things that we readily see that God created, that Jesus created. When we look at the world around us, we look at each other. We look at mothers, okay? God created in the physical realm. But there are some things that we can't see, you know, like tiny microscopic organisms, things in the deepest part of the ocean, unless we're down there sending cameras or whatever else. We don't see some of these things that are have been created, but we also talked about the fact that there are spiritual forces that are in a realm that unless God opens our eyes, it's the realm is just as real as what we experience in our physical realm, but unless God opens our eyes, we can't see it, such as angels, you know, there are times when I believe angels are all around us, we can't see them, but by the same token, Demons are nothing but fallen angels. And so we have Satan and his demons as fallen angels that we can't see. But understand that Satan started off, Ezekiel chapter 28, <coughs> Satan started off as a created angel. In other words, he, he was like one of God's top created angels. Beautiful. And he let the pride go to his head and he wanted God's position and so God had to cast him out of heaven. And ever since then, he's been on the war path trying to fight God and what he's doing. But understand that God is creator and as creator, he is ultimate authority. Satan can only do what God allows him to do. 
And God has given him certain authority to perform certain things until the day when he sends him where he belongs to the lake of fire. For eternal punishment. But his authority is nothing compared to God's authority. So we've talked about these created realms, how Jesus created it all. Now, there's a last part of that verse that says, all things have been created through him and for him. So obviously reiterating the point that everything, everything in existence came into existence through Jesus. And not only did it come into existence through Jesus, it was created for Jesus. And I got to ask you guys something. I have in my hands a laptop, right? And you tell which company it is just by looking at it. Apple. Apple. See, you guys, you guys knew right off the bat. I remember when I was in, I don't remember, elementary school. We had the Macintosh computer. The computers were just coming out. And, um, and you had to use, I guess, the DOS or whatever. There was no such thing as Windows. And you had to type in what you wanted to come up. And then you could play this little math game. There's these little squares across the screen. It was like white and green. That's about all you could see, right? But that company almost went under. But then they revived themselves and have like literally just blown away a lot of the competition by the iPod. Remember the iPod that came out way back when? And then it went to the iPhones. And then you got you have the, uh, well, maybe the iMacs before that. And, and then, so this is a MacBook. But one of the points we tried to make is that if someone creates something by the fact that they created it, they are the authority on whatever they create, okay? And Steve Jobs and whoever else a part of his company, when they create something, I would be crazy to ignore any of their recommendations for how to use the product. Because by the fact that they created the product, they know how best that product works and how to make it do what you need it to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Suppose, for instance, that I found this and I had no idea who the maker was and I was just kind of lost in the dark and I just saw it sitting somewhere and I didn't know anything about it. You know, I could think, uh, wow, this is a really good paperweight. Right? Holds my papers down on my desk really well. It keeps them from blowing away. And without even realizing it, I've taken a, I don't know, $1,200 instrument and made it, devalued it. Made it worth you know, five bucks just by knowing 
just by not knowing what it was made for. Or let's say I saw it and I was like playing around with it and I was looking at it and I realized, oh, wow, it opens up. Man, it must be a, must be a book stand, right? Once again, because I did not know what it was made for, I've devalued the product horribly. Now, if I knew the maker and me and the maker were friends, I could call up Steve Jobs and I could say, hey man, I got this thing with an apple on the top of it. Can you show me what this is for and how to use it? He's like, oh man, I would love to. Because I made that thing. And I know how it's supposed to operate and I know how it's supposed to run. Now how much accomplishment, satisfaction, and joy could I get out of that if I used it the way it was intended compared to using it as a book stand. Right? See, guys, in our modern day society, we've forgotten the maker. You know how I know? We've got women who can't figure out whether they're a woman or a man. We've got men who can't figure out whether they're a woman or a man. We've got teenagers who have no clue what gender they are or what gender they should like. We have a society who ha is completely lost because they've lost their connection with the maker. And Colossians 1.16 says, all things have been created through him and for him. And when we lose our connection with our maker, we begin to try to figure out on our own what we were made for and automatically it devalues who we are. 
because we don't know the maker. We're not diving in to see what he created us for. We're not considering his opinion on the matter. We automatically trying to figure it out, devalue who we are. And the Bible is clear on this fact, and I want you to hear me. This is huge. When we ask ourselves, what am I made for? The Bible says, you were made for the King of Kings, the Lord of the Lords, and the Creator of the universe. There is no higher value than that. You were made for Him. You were made for Him. I'm going to tell you something else about our society. And I want you all to hear me clear on this, especially, especially the younger age group from like 30s, 40s on down. Our society has been telling us that it's all about us. That it's all about what my needs are, what my wants are, and how I can make it. You can be anything you want to be, just try hard. You do you. Don't let anybody else try to tell you who you are. You do you. It's all about selfishness. It's all about you doing you. And it's all about you being in control of your life. Y'all hear me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? This is the message of our society. You know, Burger King, have it your way, right? You are the ultimate authority in your life. Now, the Bible is clear on this fact. You are not the ultimate authority in your life. Who is? Yeah. We just read how Jesus was the creator of everything that exists. And one day, if this, this is a wake-up call here. One day, we're going to stand before him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it says, every knee will, every tongue will whether you want to or not. Because your power can never compare to the one who created it all. You'll never be able to stand up against that. As a matter of fact, and I've shared this before, when they came to Jesus to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane, they, he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus and he said, I am. And that very mega burst of power in his words knocked the whole mob that came to get him flat on their backs. 
That's speaking with authority. And as the creator of the universe, he speaks with that authority. And you know how we know? When we read the Gospels, we read about a man who came to earth who calmed the storms, who raised the dead, who healed the leper, who healed the paralytic, who cast out demons, showing his authority over what he created. Every one of those things, he made the body, and so he knows how to heal the body. He made the earth, so he knows how to calm the storms. He made the angelic powers, so he knows how to cast out the... Are y'all with me? He's the ultimate authority. We are not. We are not. Now, what does this have to do with Mother's Day? All right? It really flies in our face as a culture to hear that we're not the ones in authority over our lives. And for, for women, you could take this message in two ways. Women, I could see receiving this message in a way better than men. But I also can see it being very difficult to receive because of the way men have treated you in the past. Because with authority, if there is an authority, then everything else around that authority has to bow in submission. Are y'all with me? If Jesus is the ultimate authority, then it means all of our lives must bow in submission to him and his will. But see, what happens a lot of times is us as husbands and men are supposed to be a picture of God to our women. And we're screaming, you better submit to me. You better listen to me. You better do this. And I know because I are one, right? <laughs> but we haven't been a very good picture of Jesus at all. And our wives look at us and say, <laughs> I ain't submitting to that. And then Jesus says, you got to submit to me. And they're like, I ain't submitting to him either. Especially if my man claims to be a Jesus follower and this is the way he's treating me, you got a problem. And I think in a lot of ways, as men, we have devalued 
women. And a lot of times in the church. Because we got those scriptures that say you wives ought to submit to their husbands, right? And as, as men, we use that as a sword. But we are made through him and for him. And I got to ask you something. And I want women as well as even though I'm talking to the women, I want women and, and men as well to answer this question. Is it safe No, no, no. It's the wrong question. Is Jesus worthy of our submission? We say that. And I know most of you are saying that with a definite yes. But if you're one of those women sitting here this morning and you've been devalued in the past, and especially if you've been devalued by a Christ follower, and you're thinking, <laughs> if they're a representation of who Jesus is supposed to be, then I don't see how Jesus is worthy of my submission at all. And is Jesus some sort of glory hog that just wants my submission just to get my glory? Is that who this God is? Or does he genuinely deserve my glory? And is my life better off submitted to him instead of to myself? God's word says you were made through him and for him. Go back to Genesis 1.27. Holy cow. It's 11.59. One twenty six. Let's go back to one twenty six. It says, "God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Listen to this: male and female. He created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Rule over. There's that idea of authority and dominion. And God says, Hey, I have made you both 
male and female, and both of you are made in my image. Do y'all catch that? So many times I've thought, well, I'm made in God's image, and then a woman, a female, they're made in God's image too, but they came second, and, you know, God is a male, and maybe I'm made more in God's image than the female. Uh-uh. No. Male and female are both representations of who God is. They represent him and his character just as much as the male. And God gave both of them the command to rule and subdue the earth. Do y'all understand that? Women, you are made in the image of God. And if you want to sense your value, grasp on to that fact. You are made in God's image just as much as the male sitting next to you. You represent a holy God to a world in need of your godly authority. Well, where'd this problem of men and women and dominant, where'd all that mess come in? Well, we know that God's fallen angel, Satan, tempted Eve. And Eve was deceived, Genesis chapter 3, and took of the fruit and gave some to her husband. Now, I don't know if any of you women have ever felt Shame. I know I have. And I know women can tend to carry shame a lot deeper uh, than, a, than a male can. But I can only picture Eve just after she eats and she's deceived. And all of a sudden, her and Adam realize they're naked and they're full of shame. So they try to sew fig leaves together to cover themselves. And God shows up. And I can only imagine her messing up the beautiful, perfect creation. They had one command. Well, more than one if you consider take dominion over the earth, be fruitful and multiply. But one command, negative command to not do. And she was deceived and she ate and gave to Adam. Now understand she was created to be a helper. I want you to understand something else. That word helper is used of God in other places in the Old Testament. Do y'all realize that? Sometimes we can think helper is this second-rate thing to the guy. You're just supposed to help him. No, God was called helper, the helper of the children of Israel. Guys, this is huge. Women, this is huge. Step into the value you have before the Lord. You are valuable as God made you. You represent Him in what you do. But she was made as Adam's helper and then, you know, kind of helped him along in sin because probably because she had so much power. Women... Do you realize how much power you have in the lives of others? 
But I've got to share something with you. Adam's the main culprit here. God gave Adam the command, and I don't know whether God reiterated it to both Adam and Eve once he created Eve or not, but I do know that Adam had the command, and it says Eve gave the fruit to Adam who was with her. He's supposed to be a man. He's supposed to be the image of God. Stand up for him and love his wife as if Jesus were loving that woman. And Adam just listens and doesn't say, no, honey, this is not right. He just joins right in, doesn't protect his wife at all. At all. And then when God confronts him on it, he says, that woman you gave me, where's the man in that? He's not there. And guys, I know I need to close this sermon out. But if you ever wonder whether you're valuable in God's eyes or not versus man's. Ephesians chapter 6 calls Jesus, where it says Jesus, when it's talking about the marriage and family relationships, and it's really talking about Jesus and his church, calls the church Jesus' bride. Romans calls Jesus the second Adam. Now, what significance is that, Ernie? Because here's the deal. If Jesus was standing in Adam's place in the beginning... He would have lovingly and gently said, No, Eve, let's not do this. I really want to be your protector. But let's say that Eve had already messed up. Ephesians chapter 6 says that Jesus wants to present his bride to the Father or to himself actually, before the Father, as spotless and without blemish. And if Jesus was standing there and Eve had taken of the fruit and God the Father walked up and said, what did you do? He wouldn't have responded like Adam. Actually, we know how he did respond. He said, Eve, that's okay. I got this. I got your back. I'm going to take your punishment. And I'm going to go to the cross for you, Eve. No weakling. No running from his responsibilities. It wasn't even him that sinned, but he took it like a man and said, 
I value my image bearer. Enough that I would give my life for my image bearer. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures I had this morning. But guys, a maker like that, is one I can submit under. Right? One who has my good at heart. One who considers me above his own life. Women, you were made for him. You were made for him. That one. That one that died for you. You were made for him. And he wants you. Enough to die for you. Men. You were made for him. Just as he died for Adam's failure, he died for yours. And I don't know how you want to respond this morning. But if you're a female and you've been thinking about it and you want to submit wholly to this authority that loves you, now's the time. And if you're a man who's acted like I have, like Adam did, and you need to come to grips with his authority as well, now's the time. I appreciate the response. I appreciate your attention. I can see the looks on your faces when you're tracking with me, and it's really encouraging. Um, I hope that there was a little bit of the value of women conveyed this morning. And I don't want to devalue men at all. But I want us to step into where we should be as men. Right? Before God. Before our maker. And uh, I do want to encourage us all. We were made for him. You are not your own authority, whether you think you are or not. And he, as the maker, can tell you what you were made for. And it can change your life. All right? With that in mind, I want to say... Happy Mother's Day. And uh, I'm going to ask Johnny Bomber if he would close us in prayer. Lord.
we thank you for another opportunity we've had to sit under the sound of your word here this morning. I pray, Lord, in every heart, every mind, as we leave this place today, will be open to the movement of your Holy Spirit, and we will come to know and realize that you are our maker, that we don't own ourselves, that you created each and every one of us. And when you created each and every one of us, you created us for a purpose. I pray, Lord, if we leave this place today, if there are those here that don't understand and know what the Lord created them for, that they will bow their heads and humble themselves in prayer, seek the direction of the Lord, and he will certainly tell us what he created us for, what we need to be doing. We'd ask that your Holy Spirit would go with us as we leave this place, and others will see the love of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in everything we say and do. And we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.